from the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey and Charleston, South Carolina. This is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint on a Wednesday, September 18th, 2019. Yes, you heard that right. This is Wednesday and this is the Sunday Sprint. Luke, life just gets in the way. What can I say? Yeah, well, we're like... Um all those other stupid events where it's you know whatever they call it Monday Sunday night football on a Thursday and all the other silly names they have. So. Yes, exactly. All right, let let's start with this. Um, Twenty-two point favorites, I believe. At last check, I saw the Patriots on Sunday against the Jets with Luke Falk versus Tom Brady and Bill oh, Check and, and Bill Belichick saying they're a great team and we have to prepare really hard for them in all three facets. They're going to be a tough team to beat. Uh, your thoughts? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like Dabo Sweeney yesterday saying that Charlotte could be the toughest team they all they play all year in the what? most explosive offense that they face. So, what? Uh, what? Classic classic coach speak. Is, 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 uh, was he referring to the Carolina Panthers? <laughs> he said something along the lines of uh, they, they could be the most explosive offense they see all year, something like that. Yeah. Maybe against Charlotte's opponents. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, sorry, maybe for Charlotte's opponents. That's what I meant. Right. But, right. And uh, that's how these coaches are. They're always looking for, for a chip on the shoulder, or some sort of edge, and butter up the opponents before you bury them on the weekend. Let me ask you this. You're, you host the Citadel Coaches Show. If you're Adam Gase right now, what do you tell this team? Because our defense was awful. Jamal Adams got benched. Jermaine Johnson got benched. 31 touches for Le'Veon Bell. No rhythm for anybody else. At least Luke Falk gets a week of practice. Oh, wait, it's a short week coming off Monday Night Football. You've sat around coaches before. What the hell do you tell your team? Well, behind closed doors, you can realize and acknowledge all those things and talk about the terrible situation you're in and how you stand no chance on Sunday. But you can't say that stuff around the players or in the locker room. And I think that's uh, the one knock on Adam Gase is we all realize that this is not going as planned. And so much so that, I mean, he has an excuse. If the team continues to falter, I think it'd be hard to blame him with the, the situation he's currently in. So with that said, I don't like the body language. Even going back to when he announced that press conference, when he announced that Sam Darnold was out, I think it just sent the wrong message when he's already so dejected and down and, and, you know, we all realize the situation, but you still got to go out and play those games and try to win. And there's still guys in there that are trying to win and getting paid big money. I, I think you got to try to be a little more optimistic, even if it's as ridiculous as Dabo saying that Charlotte has the most explosive offense. I mean, you still got to try to stay positive and believe you have a chance to win every week. So he's in a, uh, he's in a terrible situation. I, I honestly feel bad for Jets fans like yourself because I had high hopes this season, and now a week and a half into the year, I mean, the season's already over. It's terrible. And remember, this is a very tough schedule for the Jets. The Jets go at New England, a bye, at uh, Philly, home Dallas, home New England. Yeah, they're going to be owing six. But you can't, as a head coach, you got to stay upbeat and positive. You can't walk around thinking, well, there's our season. We're about to be owing six. Yeah. And, and that Jacksonville game, they may trade everybody at that point, and it'll be all happy-goes-lucky, just like Miami. The Jets will be 2-14, and 14 and their only two wins will be against Miami, or they'll be 0-16, and, and the two losses will be to Miami. <laughs> hey, at this point, just go for broke and get, the, get a top draft pick. Um, let's diverge for a second here. 
Why are Carolina Arizona tickets $15 to get in the door at University of Phoenix Stadium or whatever the naming rights are for that place? Is that the Cam Newton factor and the fact that Kyler Murray is not that exciting? I'm, I'm shocked to see this number on CBSSports.com that it's 15 to get in the door. Yeah, I am a little surprised just because of the uh, fact of uh, the Panthers, or uh, pardon me, for the the, uh, the Cardinals. I, I would want to see Kyler Murray in that offense. I mean, second most passing yards for a rookie in his first two games of his career all time. And that off, they're going to throw the football around and move it and put some points on the board. And the Panthers, I know there's no Cam Newton. The way Cam Newton's playing right now, I think the Panthers are more interesting with Kyle Allen, who's from that area, and who actually beat out Kyler Murray for the starting job at Texas A&M, which resulted in Murray transferring to Oklahoma and winning the Heisman. So I think it's more... Uh, even a more interesting matchup without Cam Newton. And it's 175 tickets to this dollars to get it in the door for Jets Pats. That makes no sense. Yeah, that makes no sense. All right, Vikings Raiders. Uh, assess where your team is right now and assess this game against a high potent Raider offense, even with Antonio Brown no longer around. Yeah, this should be a must win for the Vikings. I mean, if you lose this game, uh, that'd be like the loss at home to the Bills last year where, as Vikings fans, you knew that they weren't going to accomplish anything. you, you got to win this game at home against the Raiders, especially the way last week ended. Uh, very pleased with the first two performances. The only exception is the way Kirk Cousins has played. Otherwise, run game has been excellent. Uh, everyone's talking about how great Green Bay's defense is. Dalvin Cook just ran for almost 200 yards against that defense on the road last week. Uh, run game's been excellent. Defense has been tremendous. Aaron Rodgers went off in that first quarter, and then they made adjustments. And they had 60 yards the final three quarters of that game. The defense dominated. Uh, they gave the offense every opportunity to win. Kirk Cousins turned it over three times, including twice in the red zone. Uh, they had a chance to go and get the winning score with five minutes left, and he throws one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. So very frustrating because all the other pieces are there. And it's been this way for the Vikings for a number of years, going back to the Case Keenum days or even Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, they've always had a good defense. The run game typically outside of last year has been good enough. They just need a quarterback who – doesn't necessarily have to win games, but just not lose games. Kirk Cousins only threw it 10 times in week one, and they blew out the Falcons. Then last week, he turns it over three times, and they cough up a game they should have won on the road, and it was a big game. So uh, Cousins needs to bounce back and play much better against Oakland. They don't have a very good defense. They spent all their money on offense this offseason. They didn't even fix that defense. All the pieces are there. Cousins just needs to play better. Um, Baltimore, Kansas City, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. I see a lot of similarities there. This is somebody in Jalen Hurts who I think is going to take the NFL by storm, similar to how Lamar Jackson's doing it this year. Very interesting. I'm not sold on Lamar yet. I mean, I know he's put up great numbers. He's looked better as a thrower this year, but he plays the Dolphins, who are clearly the worst team in the league and one of the worst teams in years. And then they play the Cardinals, who was the worst team in the league last year and still aren't very good defensively. And now he goes up against the Chiefs, who defensively they're improved this year, but they're still not great. I'm curious if he can keep up with Pat Mahomes on Sunday because the Chiefs' offense has just been tremendous. Uh, still not sold on Lamar. And the other thing about Lamar is he's never, in his career, the only time he lost, which was against the Chargers in the playoffs, it was the only time also that he faced a double-digit, or I should say a two-score deficit. He's never had to come back in a game. Uh, a good chance he'll be trailing Sunday against the Chiefs in that offense. This is going to be a great test for Lamar Jackson. Can he continue uh, this great uh, path of throwing the football, and can he actually lead the Ravens back if they fall behind by, say, 10? Can he make enough plays with his arm when the defense is going to know he's throwing it? He couldn't do it last year. Rams-Browns first game in Cleveland Sunday Night Football in 11 years. It's been a long time since Fred and Drew and the gang uh, were in the prime, prime time spot. 
on, on, on NBC or Monday Night Football when it was the primetime spot. But here they are. And Jared Goff was on On Air with Ryan Seacrest. Uh, yes, I just mentioned Ryan Seacrest in the Sunday Sprint. He was on air. His roommate works for iHeartRadio, which is why Jared Goff was on the show in the first place. Sounded very confident and very content with this start. They now go on the road to Cleveland, a team that, that took advantage of just a Jets team in, in tatters, missing pieces, injuries, suspensions, whatever. Um, look, Odell is great when you leave Odell wide open and let him into the open field. Um I think this is a Rams win. I think the Browns are great, but I just I, I think it could be a shootout. I think this could be very equivalent to Rams Chiefs where we get fifty four fifty one, maybe not that high, but something like that. Yeah, I don't think the Browns are on the Rams level just yet, but the one thing is that the, the Rams aren't as good on the road. Jared Goff uh, under Sean McVay has just as many interceptions as touchdowns on the road. So the offense isn't quite the same. Oh, I look at the Browns, uh, they still need to clean things up. As you said, that Jets game, that win doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Baker still didn't play that great, in my opinion. Third down offense wasn't very good. They lost the time of possession battle to Luke Falk. Uh, the Jets ran it better than the Browns. And so far, Baker Mayfield, I believe, leads the league in interceptions. I know, small sample size, only through two games. And Eli Manning, who just got benched, has a higher quarterback rating than Baker Mayfield. So uh, the Browns still need to do a lot of things better. They're on a short week, Sunday night football, pressure on them again. Last time they were home, they got embarrassed. Uh, they still need to prove something for me. In their next five weeks, their next five opponents right now are a combined 10-0. and 0. So they got to try to find a way to beat these good teams because they weren't able to do it last year. Look at you throwing the stats out here. No wonder you're the host of the Morrow Morning's radio program <laughs> on ESPN Radio, well, Charleston, uh, 98.9 FM. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Uh, I'm very analytical. All right. Now we go into quarterback impact games. Number one, Daniel Jones. This is the right decision, in my opinion. Eli, you're great. Um, we'll let you take a snap at some point later in the year in front of the home fans to say goodbye. But I think this is the end. You got to see what you got in Daniel Jones and start it here against Tampa. Uh, not the game, but just your thoughts on Eli's departure and Daniel Jones taking over. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Uh, the change should have happened a couple of years ago with whoever was the quarterback. Uh, now they finally have a realistic uh, option to turn to in Daniel Jones, and this should have happened at the beginning of the season. I'm really excited to see Daniel Jones play. Uh, looked great in the preseason, but it was preseason. But I, I was one I was one of the maybe the few, I guess, that wasn't ripping the Giants when they made that pick. I think Jones will have a better NFL career than, than a lot of people thought, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it getting started uh, someday. Um, I think I said this on week one. First preseason game, vanilla versus vanilla, right? We're just running basic offense, basic defense. Eli comes out. Jets play the, the Giants later in the year. Eli comes out. Nothing plays. Gets booed. Daniel Jones comes in on the next series. Cheers. They start running somewhat of an offense. Again, nothing earth-shattering. There was no Saquon Barkley or any big-name targets in that game. So now this is second teamers against second teamers, but the pace at but but first team offensive line, the pace just picked up, and he seemed to have a good good grasp of this, good grasp of Pat Shermer's offense, and things just seemed to be more in rhythm than with Eli out there. There was some more confidence. I get it, vanilla versus vanilla, but I liked what I saw in, the, in that first preseason game. That one drive I think told me a lot about Daniel Jones and his moxies. That's a huge spot. I mean that's. Your first NFL live game action. So, yeah, uh, certainly. And he's a smart kid. I mean, comes from Duke, uh, one of the best scorers in the Wonderlick of all these freshmen, or uh, rookies, I should say. And Bill Parcells used to have a test, 
uh, that, that he would use to determine who he should draft that quarterback. Daniel Jones actually graded out the best on that test of any quarterback in this class. So I think he will be better than people expect. Steelers, uh, 49ers, no Ben Roethlisberger for the rest of the year. Mason Rudolph um, takes over. Um, They make the the trade for Ramsey. Um, Where's your head at? Uh, Sorry, not not for Ramsey. Who did they trade for on on, uh, Monday? I'm blanking out. Fitzpatrick. Yes, thank you. Minka Fitzpatrick. Same position, different player. They make the trade there, not for a quarterback. Uh, Your thoughts on the Steelers? Not jumping ship on the Steelers just yet. Uh, They felt going into the season that they could compete in the AFC. Now you just lose Roethlisberger. So the talent's still around. That's why they go out and they make that trade for the defensive back. Uh, And Roethlisberger at this point in his career is still a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But he's not the guy that just a few years ago that was that playmaker running around in the backfield, extending plays, making crazy plays with his arm with Antonio Brown. Brown's not there anymore. So Mason Rudolph can, can step in, and let's see what this kid has. I think he has potential, air raid quarterback, big body. The concern is he has small hands. We always hear so much about hands. So securing the football in the pocket when guys are around you, and also in Pittsburgh when it starts to get colder, can he hold that football in cold weather? But the Steelers are home. They go on the road once between weeks 4 and 10, and they play some lousy defenses during that stretch. So Rudolph's going to have a chance after this week to get – situated and comfortable at the quarterback position and i'm not giving up hope on the Steelers just yet he also played with james washington in college so they should have a good good connection right away with one another that will help him i think rudolph can still keep them afloat uh saints steelers uh, sorry saints seahawks say that one three times fast luke um this, to me, is a trap game for Seattle. On paper, they should absolutely win this game. But I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to surprise some people. Yes, Drew Brees is out for these six weeks or whatever it is, but he's still got all the playmakers around, and there's a whole lot of them. Uh, they haven't gone away, and I think Teddy Bridgewater, if they use Alvin Kamara and company smartly, the running game set up the pass, not, not the reverse like it normally is. I don't see any reason why the Saints can't succeed. I'm just not sold on, on Bridgewater. He is stepping into a great situation. I mean, you have Sean Payton, as he said, all the weapons around him. And Drew Brees, at this point in his career, is still a good quarterback, but a guy that wasn't really pushing the ball downfield. Now, maybe because of that, we believe he had some sort of shoulder issue or he was tiring out at the end of last year. But you go back the last, I don't know, maybe eight games of Brees' career, even early on this season, and, uh, you know, I don't want to say he's one of those check-down guys, but he's not the same quarterback throwing it downfield. And so Bridgewater can fill that void because Bridgewater doesn't have that strong arm either. So he can do some of the things Breeze was doing lately. But this offense hasn't been the same. And you look at the numbers, the Saints have not covered a spread in eight games, which tells you that the perception has been greater than the team performance, that we believe the Saints team has been better than they've actually played of late, or we expect more from them than what they've performed of late. So you put Bridgewater in there, the team already has been struggling a little bit of late. You go to Seattle, tough place to play. The Saints will be okay because that division's terrible, but I think that is a big drop-off breeze to Bridgewater. For somebody who just hosted the Citadel Coaches Show, you're coming packed with information tonight. <laughs> I've been on the air. I've done three different shows today. I've already done five hours of radio. I guess I just I had this stuff's already for the five hours today. It's still oh, I forgot my- that you were subbing for, from one, you did you did ten to noon, one thirty to three, and then what else did you do? And the coaches and then, show. Yeah, six to seven. So we. Hey, I've been running all day. I'm ready to go. <laughs>
Well, Luke, we're... we're, we're it doesn't stop. Well, Luke, we're getting to the end of our podcast program. Oh, you don't say. Yes. So, your game of the week, because Thursday Night Football hasn't happened yet, but I don't think anybody wants to watch Titans uh, Jags. Yeah, the annual matchup on Thursday Night Football between those two. It's the <laughs> longest tradition in, in the NFL. Uh, game of the week. You know, I'm going to say Rams-Browns. I'm really intrigued by Cleveland at home, needing to bounce back. Baker against Jared Goff. That, that should be a fun one. Same. Your sleeper game. There's actually a couple to choose from this week. I'm going to say the uh, Texans-Chargers. Uh, two good quarterbacks, two pretty good offenses, two teams that expect to be playoff teams there in the AFC, and uh, the Chargers coming off a bad loss. I'm going to spin this in a different way. Cowboys-Dolphins. Because I believe that the Cowboys will be so successful that the contract talks for Dak Prescott could conclude during the postgame show. After they put up 42 points and they're able to take him out after he throws for like four touchdowns and Zeke runs for one. I think during the Cowboys radio postgame show, they announce a contract extension for Dak. Yeah, I would say probably he could go up and sign that contract in the third quarter. He'll already be out of the game because they're killing him by something. Yes. That's my that, – I'm spinning that question in a different way this week. Uh, your game to watch golf during. Sanderson Farms Championship on Golf Channel, 3 to 6 Eastern on Sunday. And there are a few of these as well. You just mentioned one. Dolphins, Cowboys, uh, your Jets, Patriots as well. Uh, Giants, Buccaneers, no thanks. Probably even the Panthers, Cardinals at this point. There's a few. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with um, the, the Thursday night football game because I won't be around to watch it. Yeah, you won't miss anything. <laughs> Which I think is a good enough reason to anything else. Yeah. Uh, your player to watch. Well, we can watch that Thursday night game. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's how you want to spend your time. Uh, the player to watch, Baker Mayfield, for the reasons I laid out before. Last year, the Browns only had one win against winning teams in eight games. They need to beat good teams. Baker needs to play better at home. Sunday night football, Baker Mayfield. Luke Falk's going to make a name for himself this week. Luke Falk. A great name. Jet season isn't over. I mean, it's over. Yeah. But it's it's but it, there there's some interesting intrigue in terms of some of these playmakers and do you get so upset if you're Le'Veon Bell that you demand a trade, which Mike Greenberg has floated. I'm not on that bandwagon. But I'm very curious to see Luke Falk who's who is in the Dolphins system knows Adam Gaze's offense a whole lot better than Trevor Simeon did. And I feel awful for Trevor, by the way. Um yeah. I, I think that this is going to be a, a, a better Jets offense than last week. The Pats will still beat them handily, but I just think it'll be a, a, a better offense. I, I could agree. Thank you, Luke. We, we, we will talk to you next week on a more normal day than Wednesday. I look forward to it. i got uh, 10 days to repair now. Enjoy your football week. Week, Luke. Week, everybody. Who does the Citadel play on Saturday? Charleston Southern, Crosstown Rivalry. There you go. Listen to that. Who knows? Maybe they'll beat Georgia Tech again. That's right. How many times are you going to play that call on Saturday? <laughs> Probably not at all. Hey, we turned the page. It's all about the Buccaneers this week, taking them down. Oh, oh, look at, look at Luke. It's on the next opponent. Thank you, sir, and thank you all for listening to the Sunday Sprint.